Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of tornadoes. Oh. There, there were some here when I, where I grew up because I grew up south of south of Denver, like around Castle Rock. Yeah, 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 area. And we had a couple of days where we had tornadoes when I was a kid. Yeah, and one that I remember seeing like we were driving home and you, I saw that the the whatever what is funnel, it? Cloud. funnel cloud come down. Uh, it didn't it didn't touch the ground, but it was but, there. But it, it's creepy how like. Otherworldly it is to see like this yeah. weird swirling finger spindle itself down from the cloud toward yeah, and you're just like whoa, whoa. Oh, shit. Well, it's just like I would love to. I don't want to see like the destruction or anything. Like I just want to see it yeah. out in the middle of some out of the out in the field, ways away. Right. Helen like Hunt that. can be out there. Exactly. He's like, you go closer. I'm gonna stand back. <laughs> Bill Paxton, R.I.P. <laughs> can also oh, yeah. be there. Aw, that's such a great movie. <laughs> I know. It's it's what I I've got about five movies that they're on TV. I will like okay. This is what's on. Twister. Mm-hmm. Twister, <laughs> Fifth Element, Drop Dead, well, Drop Dead Gorgeous isn't on TV anymore. That's oh, yeah. another great one, though. That's probably my favorite comedy. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, just because I can do the Ad accent so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite line in that whole movie. Is like, this is my lucky bolt. They say it fell out of a DC-10. They said it was lucky it hit me broadside or else it would have went straight through. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Allison Janney? No, that was uh, that was one of the other contestants. That was the one the light fell on her head. Okay. <laughs> the light fell on her head. It made her deaf. That's what she always wanted. <laughs> She's so lucky. <laughs> Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy game show podcast hosted by me, Nate Regolia. Each week I subject my guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea about them or if they just want to pass. And people don't really pass very much, do they, Shannon? <laughs> very rarely anymore. Yeah. And uh, with me as, mostly, with me as always, is Shannon Page. <laughs> Shannon, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, other than we, we were having a little weather talk, some of that might be in before, uh, you know, before the intro here. But, uh, yeah, it's gloomy. It's a little gloomy out. It's a little gloomy. Yeah. Getting, getting bombarded with, like, melting snow globules on the morning walk was less than pleasant. It's always like it's always days when I feel like my hair is particularly well done. <laughs> that then I go outside and I'm just like splat. Like, oh cool. That's why I don't Glad I, in the winter. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I should have just wore a hat today, but I decided to preen. Uh, <laughs> and joining us again is returning guest Joe Hinson. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How about yourself? Uh, good, good. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, has anything changed in your life since you were on the show last? Oh no. No? No, no. It's okay. still working my ass off. But. So we're waiting, we're really waiting for the vague idea bump to kind of kick you to the exactly. next level of stardom. Okay, guys, yeah, we're waiting you, gotta, for the... you guys gotta uplift Joe, <laughs> audience members. Well, I'm waiting for the plane to do that here next week, so. Yeah, this trip sounds really cool. Oh my god, I can't wait. Little little international job going on. Oh, where are you going? Here, yeah. So after doing a stint in Lisbon, or... Uh, Wichita for my friend's graduation. Uh, London, Lisbon, Tormolinos, and Madrid. Oh, wow. I can't wait. That's awesome. Wichita is the Lisbon of the Plains. Exactly. Well, it's actually kind of a fun little town. Yeah. It's got a great It's got a great beer scene, although I suppose there's nothing else to do there. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Necessity being the mother of invention exactly. and all that. <laughs> well, might as well drink. Yeah. We, we, we can drink. We can watch the wheat grow. Corn. Yeah. Corn. Tornadoes. Occasional yes. Helen Hunt sightings. <laughs> Maybe, is that where she's been hiding? Mm-hmm. Okay. She must be, because, yeah, she completely disappeared. What happened to Helen Hunt? It's she like... turned into Lily Sebesky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought her and Jodie Foster finally merged. <laughs> it just became one. Yeah. We are Foster Hunt. 
And they're fighting Foster Grant, the sunglasses guy. When are they going to reboot oh, Mad About You? The shit out about that. They're rebooting all the other shitty sitcoms yeah. from the 90s. I think Mad About You's coming back. Is it really? I think they genuinely are bringing it back for something. I, I saw something like a, about that. Kind of like the Will and Grace revival. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I meant. They're bringing yeah, back everything. Yeah. Yeah. Why not Mad About You? I never right. watched it. They invested their money wisely? <laughs> I, I think it'll be sad, too, because like Murray the dog, which was the best part of Mad About You, is almost certainly dead by now. Yeah. So. Well, Paul Reiser looked like he pulled a Vincent D'Onofrio in Stranger Things. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's, it was like someone pulled the ripcord on him. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much yeast in that riser, am I right? <laughs> Good. You got, you got too big. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That was terrible. <laughs> I see where you were going. Yeah, it wasn't a good direction, no. but I went there. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- this week we're doing a, a an episode around games. So the theme will be games, and uh, we have uh, 11 topics, I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it looks like 11. Yep. We're going to hold you to that. Uh, so make so, something up if you count. don't have it yet. So as yeah. the guest, you get to choose who goes, who picks the first topic. So you can pick or you can pass to Shannon. I'm going to defer. Ooh. All right. Well, Shannon, 1 through 11. Number 1. Number 1. Shannon Page, do you have a vague idea about a shell game? I do. Great. And Joe, a shell game? Do you have a vague idea about that? Vague. Okay. Yes. Shannon, let's talk about shell games. All right. Shell games are um, uh, often played on the street. It, on top of cardboard boxes. It's that thing where there's three cups and there's usually like a red ball and it's like, which cup is this red ball going to be under? I'm doing hand motions. She's for doing the people it. At home. She's, she's moving them around. Sometimes it's like two, uh, maybe it's cards and it's two black cards and a red card and you got to find the red card. Mm-hmm. But it's usually a sleight of hand uh, trying to get people to to uh, find something, making it look really easy. There's usually somebody in the audience that's a plant that makes it look easy to bring in the rubes. And then when the... I like that you said rubes. Rubes. Bring in the rubes. You're going to get some extra credit from rubes. And then when the plant is done playing and they're like, oh, I won five bucks, and somebody real comes in, they bet 20, boom, 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 you'll never find it. Yeah. Great job. Joe, what can you add? And to add directly to that, it's usually slipped off in their hand as they're shuffling it around. Oh. So it's like up the sleeve kind of thing. I didn't know that. I'm a rube. Ah. I'm a rube. That's you, why I well, That's it. why I don't do it. <laughs> well, and, and in a lot of places, too, you may get the five bucks, but then that's also cue for the plant to pickpocket you. Because oh. you saw that a lot during, because when I was in Paris, I saw that a lot. I saw like the three-card Monty thing going on, and you see the guy kind of, kind of looking shifty at the back of the crowd gathered around. It's like, okay, I know what he's up to. Unfortunately, that's all I have to add. She covered it so well. No, that's that very good. I mean, I, I, yeah, I haven't witnessed a game in Paris in the three times I've been there yet, yeah. but I would like to see something like that just so I can look for that pickpocket. Yeah, it's um, hopefully it's like a little kid street urchin that right. is part of a street urchin game yeah. gang of pickpockets, so that it's adorable while they're doing it. The first time I how was much in Oliver Paris? Twist have you read? This <laughs> <laughs> The first time I was in Paris, which was like 2001, they the we were as we were walking around like the Latin Quarter, I think, or maybe the Champs Elysees. I can't remember. Anyway, he's just bragging that he's well, been to Paris. You know, just, <laughs> I'm pretty familiar with the major European city guys. Um, but yeah, there were there were several like uh, children who you know, uh, gypsy isn't a good term now, but it, they, that was that was the thing Remind. that we were told. Yeah. 
watch out for these Romani children because they're going to run up. They're going to ask you for stuff. They're going to be like, I'm starving. Help me. And if you go to give them money, their parents are going to come up and be like, don't dishonor my family. Fuck you. You have to, like, pay us off now. Yeah. Uh, a much larger sum for our honor. And it would be a whole thing. So, yeah, that's my that's my experience with street grifting. Well, they I was in Rome, and they did that to me. They're just like, hey, American. And then, as one guy grabbed my hand, starts tying like a bracelet thing around it, and they wanted 10 euro for it. And I'm oh, like, yeah. absolutely not. Oh, my God. And we, then they started following us. We have, I have a... <laughs> I have a picture of, of my wife with a couple of, like, parakeets on her from when we were by the, the Trevi Fountain. And this just, like, old lady was like, here, you, you know. And I foolishly was like, okay, whatever, right? <laughs> and then she was like, no, no, it's, it's I think it was, you like, own this 20, bird. I think it was 20 euros a picture. She was like, take a picture. Now you take a picture. And then afterwards, she was like, okay, 20 euros a picture. And I was like, what? What? No. no. And then, of course, it was just like, I'm not going to argue with this lady. I just want to get out of here. Yeah, I just left. Yeah. Well, that was, they did that at Guard the Nord last time I was there. It was like, English, sign. And I'm like, no. Mm-mm. That's like the oldest trick in the book. Yeah, yeah. I don't sign anything, especially yeah. if I can't read it. <laughs> I, I learned the, I forgot it, of course, by now, because I haven't used French in forever, but I learned the French phrase, I need to talk to my lawyer. <laughs> I scared the hell out of her. <laughs> Uh, je vous parle, uh, mais... something. Uh, yeah. It's like... Spanish is abogado? abogado it's like yeah. that. It's like... Avocat is avocado. what it is in, in French. Yeah. Because it's, like it's like an avocado cat, <laughs> but it's an advocate as well. <laughs> an anyway. Avocado cat. Well, it's probably spelled avocado cat, yeah. and you only pronounce avocat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we drop 90% of the letters in any French word. Yeah. Uh, Great job, guys. Uh, a shell game, which is also known as Thimble Rig, three shells in a pea, or the old army game is portrayed as a gambling game, but in reality, when a wager for money is made, it's almost always a confidence trick. Ooh, I like used that. To confidence trick. Fraud. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I, I love that about, like, con man as a phrase is actually confidence man, which yep. is just like, hmm, interesting. I aspire to be a con man one day. Right? Well, I, I, I think that most people who are successful in this country... Or confidence men. Yes. And women. It's not gendered necessarily, but it's like, okay, I get what you're doing. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, you guys you guys both hit it right on the head. That was that was excellent. Uh, Joe, I'm gonna give you a point, and Shannon, I'm gonna give you a point and a half. And Joe, you get to pick the next topic. One through ten. Ten. Number ten. Well, do you have a vague idea about Chuck Barris? Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris. I thought he was going to say Barry. I, I thought think so he was going to say yeah. Barry. <laughs> um, oh, like very, very, very vague. Okay. That's probably wrong, but I'm going to have a stab at it anyway. I like it. Shannon, Chuck Barris. I'm going to say vague because I'm second. Yeah. And if you're correct, maybe I can build on it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and if not, then I'll just pass. <laughs> Shrewd, Shannon. Yes. Very shrewd. Yeah. I'm playing this like a game. I know. Well, yes. this, but I mean, this is a like, long theme. <laughs> but this is like the SAT, right? You don't lose points. No. Yeah. <laughs> you can only get points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if everybody passes, you might get a crazy amount of points, but True. both people do. Yes. So you're really. Really, it's like it's no points. just it's just moving. <laughs> you know, all the ships rise with the exactly. tide. Exactly. <laughs> so Joe, start us off. What do you know about Chuck Barris? Wasn't he the guy that um, the Monopoly guy was based off of? Mm. I don't think it was the Monopoly guy. He's some. He was some care. He was there was some like game mascot that this guy was based off of, and that's unfortunately all I have. Okay. Was it the yeah. daddy and don't wake daddy? 
Or the or the guy who the or the guy who uh, operation was based on. <laughs> it was him. Uh. That guy had so many problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hypochondriac. Like a lot of problems that aren't even really problems. Yeah. Water just, on the knee. I just suck it up. <laughs> also, you made the daddy from Don't Wake Daddy sound way too sexy for yeah. a <laughs> You the daddy from Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> that. <laughs> A perfectly innocent word our generation has ruined. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm like... Hey, you, can't, you can't say anything anymore. You can't say thick. You can't say thirsty. You can't yeah. say daddy. Like, it's all broken. Yeah, it's like, um, I desire liquid. Yeah, that's good, right? Father, I desire liquid. Yeah. The only like, way if my father wanted it. a milkshake, he couldn't say, yeah. daddy's thirsty for something thick. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> No. When your dad is on the show, we are going to ask him that very question. <laughs> oh my god, can I come back for that? <laughs> so, Shannon, what do you got about Chuck Barris? Um, I'll take a stab at it. Um, was he the guy that figured out on Press Your Luck the algorithm so that he always got the best numbers and no whammies? Oh. I wish he were. Ah. He's not. That, that, I don't believe that's who this is. Um, Chuck Barris, born Charles Hirsch Barris. He lived from uh, June 3rd, 1929 to March 21st, 2017. I didn't realize he passed away. That's too bad. I did not either. But uh, I also did not realize he was born. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, darn, this guy I've never heard of. He was an American game show creator, producer, and host. He's known for hosting The Gong Show oh. in the 70s and creating the dating game. And the newlywed game. Okay, okay, now you say that. He was also a songwriter who wrote Palisades Park for Freddie Cannon. That those are all words I've heard before, words. but I don't I can't put anything <laughs> to them. Oh, but he like wrote an autobiography words. titled Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which was made into a movie, movie of the same name by George Clooney, wherein he was secretly like a CIA operative Starring, the whole time. Uh Sam Rockwell. Starring Sam Rockwell. Known dancer. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. <laughs> So there you go. Great job. Uh, nobody's giving any points. Great job, nobody. <laughs> Great bullshit. <laughs> hey, you both Great. tried. Great job, nobody. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I hope I'm not spoiling a future category, but have you guys seen the new Netflix documentary about Price is Right? No. I've seen... It's on our list of things to watch. It won't spoil anything. It's super cool, because it's about this guy who, like, figures out how to crack to pick the exact right price every single time. I, I, I watched it. But it was I'm just, like, it. a lazy Saturday, and yeah. it came up and recommended for you, and so I hit it. You try that. And it was, like, an hour and 15 minutes, so super easy watch. And, yeah, from the from the time this guy was 12 years old, he started keeping a spreadsheet of every prize that was on The Price is Right, and he had just, like, a great math mind, so he could memorize every prize and what it was worth. And he started going to the prices right and sitting in the audience and hoping to get on, but he was, you know, they, they do it based on personality and interviews yeah. and stuff. And so he, it took him a really long time to actually get called up. And he was a real up. dick when he was a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he sounds like a lot of fun to talk to. <laughs> I think he was so nervous and he yeah. wanted it so bad. They would, But he would sit in the audience too and thirsty. yell it. He was way too thirsty. Daddy was too thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> he would sit Daddy in the audience too thirsty for that yell. Bob Barker. And the people that listened, the people, some people figured figured out that he knew what was going on and like everybody that listened to him won huh. and then people that ignored him like 
were always like all over the place. All over the place. But he like they basically they show all these clips of him in the audience yelling out the right answer, like oh, to to the dollar. He'd be wow. like three thirty one, and it would be three thirty one. Like he knew huh. everything. What? And all these all these people listening to him, and at, at some points Bob Barker like started recognizing him as the guy that knew everything, and it's so funny. I totally recommend yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I'm, huh. I'm Do you remember the name of it? Cool. I feel bad that I don't remember the name of it. Price is Right documentary on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's probably like the Price is something, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna go for the spin easy that money. wheel or something like that. Yeah, spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> the documentary. <laughs> spay and neuter your pets. About the documentary. The guy. But nothing to do with pets. No, it's and got nothing animal to do with lovers that. Be extremely disappointed. <laughs> Um, Shannon, you get to pick the next topic, one through nine. Oh, see, I like the first two rounds because you know the ends don't have palm or palm de terre on them. Yeah, but usually, then usually they don't. It's true. Uh, four. Number four. All right, it's time for a new game. Ooh. This is the five W's. All right. Mm-hmm. So, as any good journalist knows, you're going to ask who, what, when, where, and why. Mm-hmm. Also, how, but we're not going to worry about the how. Because how kind of reveals like itself and everything else. But yes. when Y is a vowel. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> if you're thirsty. A-E-I-O-U and sometimes a Y. Who, what, where, when, why. And sometimes how. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> how. How is the Y. Uh, so for five W's, you are going to ask five questions of the person who I tell you. You're both going to get a chance at this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to score you based on how interesting the questions are, okay. basically. So you're just asking five questions. Okay. Okay. And the five questions you are asking, you are asking five questions of Mario Mario, famed plumber and video game princess rescuer. Okay. So, Shannon, start off, uh, just ask, ask your five questions. Do they have to start with those who, what, where, when, why? Um, or just five, yes. any five questions? No, yeah, I would start, start with okay. each of the, the W's. So, Mario, Mario, is that really his name? Yeah, yeah. Mario his, Mario? His brother's name is... Luigi Mario? Luigi Mario is correct, yes. <laughs> Lazy ass parents. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Mario, who would you most like to go face-to-face with in a race of carts? Okay, great, that's a good question. Are you not going to answer? No. As Mario Mario? It's a me! <laughs> it's Mario! Uh, I would like to race a Yoshi! Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank uh-huh. you for answering. Yeah. What... Secret Underground Level is your favorite in the original Mario game. I like it the one where you swim. <laughs> where were you born? I was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> when? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this. When? <laughs> when did you get your hat? It was given to me by my daddy. <laughs> but it was a when question. <laughs> When uh, he was so thirsty for thick. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have such a thick accent if you were born in Brooklyn? I'm a stereotype. <laughs> <clears throat> Great job, Ian. Joe, five okay. questions for Mario. Mario. Well, I'm digging way back to my journalism degree. It's, hard, it's harder um, than it looks. <laughs> Mario, who would you feel you're closer to, Peach or Toad? Uh, me and a toad have a complicated relationship. But... <laughs> oh, you're getting too. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling some 2020 on this bitch. Um, what is the sensation w- like when you eat the fire mushroom? Oh, it's like tripping the balls, man. Yes. Oh, nice. And, and follow up: Do you actually shoot fire, or do you just imagine it? <laughs> I don't know. I always wake up with a pile of bent of uh, 
spent matches. Okay. I don't know if I'm throwing fire or if I'm just lighting fire. So you're the serial arsonist. Um, when did you find out that you fucking hated Luigi? In the womb. Wait, are Mario and Luigi twins? He was in there too. Fraternal. That's why you're longer. <laughs> Really? Because they seem the same height. <laughs> Not every time. <laughs> Luigi is often depicted as taller and skinnier in, yes. in newer games. In the oldest games, they're the same height. Oh, okay. You know, I was going there's for the only dick. so many things you can do. With I was going for the dick joke there. Picks. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the mushroom uh, doesn't grow everything. <laughs> it remains, it's not proportional anymore. <laughs> Where, and this is a variation on where, so which level, Okay. which level were you at where you just questioned your existence of constantly having to go find Peach? It was the level where the fish are flying and are chasing me. Okay. It just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And why the hatred of turtles? They, uh, they always have a home, and I have been homeless. Okay. (laughs) The best part of that game... Absolutely no (laughs) follow-ups. The best part of that game is Nate trying to keep the Mario accent all the time. It is. Uh, and, and honestly, what we've just discovered is that in all future iterations of this, I'm going to have to pick someone who I can try to do an impression of to yeah, answer yeah. the questions. Or someone in the or you could assign that to another person. That's fair. Yeah. 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 And then they can get points based on ooh, their responses. Ooh, ooh. ooh. This, this, you, you're, you're a game designer. I like well, this. could be. Uh, so, uh, Joe, I'm going to give you two points for that. And Shannon, I'm going to give you a point and a half. Ooh. Great job, everybody. And Joe, you get to pick the next topic. One through eight. Six. Number six. And another beer, if you don't mind me grabbing one. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Do you have a vague idea about the Who's Tom? Yes, I do. Great, Shannon. I also do. Okay. Joe, let's talk about the Who's Tommy. So that was their first, uh, the, the Who, British man, born in the 60s, still for some reason going on, even though they lost half their people. Uh, <laughs> that Tommy was their first rock opera. First or second? I don't know when Quadrophenia came out. Um, Maybe Tommy was first. Yeah, Tommy was. I feel like Tommy was first. Yeah, we'll find out. And it was a big, elaborate rock opera. It was kind of they had done the typical '60s albums, which were at that point like compilations of singles, and they finally started doing kind of generalized, full like front to back albums. And this was their first concept album about a kid who was a pinball wizard who I don't know if he had a conflict with the Acid Queen or he just really liked her. But uh, and then it builds off in there, and it's really it's interesting stuff because a lot of the songs are like minute, minute and a half, quick, quick succession, like moving the story along. And then the longer like pieces of the album were the singles, like Tommy, like Acid Queen, like Pinball Wizard, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was relatively successful when it first came out. I think it's kind of grown in stature the older it gets. Because I don't think I don't think critical reception was very positive when it initially came out. All right, Shannon. It was also turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Acid Queen, I believe, was played by Tina Turner. And Whoa. there were a bunch of other really famous people in it, but I can't remember who now. Um, who now? Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, it actually got turned into a Broadway musical after that. So kind of kicking off that Broadway theme of we don't have any more ideas, so let's just make musicals out of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
if I remember correctly, there's a super crazy awesome scene where there's like a room full of shaving cream or something in the movie and somebody's just like rolling around in it. It's super trippy and weird and awesome. Um, and I'm going to sing a little bit of it because every time somebody says the Who's Tommy, all I can think of, ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. That's awesome. But That was great. There you that go. was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Tommy is the fourth studio album by The Who, released in 1969. Quadrophenia was 73. Okay. Um, uh, it's a rock opera composed almost entirely by Pete Townsend. It's the story of Tommy Walker, <clears throat> a deaf, dumb, and blind no, kid. Just deaf, dumb, and blind kid. Sure, sure plays a mean pinball. pinball. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and it just includes experiences with his life and his family. Uh, Jenny and I saw the musical version of this at, the, at one of the theaters here. Um, I, saw it, it was... I saw it when I was a little kid, and I didn't understand it at all. But <laughs> looking back on it now, I'm like, why did my parents take me to go see Tommy when I it's... was like eight years old? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, it's not like it gets more understandable the older you get either. I mean, just uh, because the content of the story is that he's a fine boy... His father, his biological father goes off to war and is missing in action. Mm -hmm. His mother takes up with, like, a family friend, like, maybe the dad's best friend, I think, and then he has that dad, and then his real dad comes back, and there's, like, a drunken altercation, and the real dad shoots the foster dad, or vice versa, and this traumatic moment causes Tommy to go deaf, dumb, and blind. Mm -hmm. And then it's sort of this, like, oh, it's the psychology of this thing. And then eventually he becomes amazing in pinball, becomes this, you know, uh, media sensation, gets a weird following, becomes sort of almost like a Maharishi hippie yeah. cult leader <laughs> person. Mm. Uh, and still dissatisfied with his life, I guess, like, snaps out of it finally, because that's how deafness, yeah. the inability to speak and blindness work. And then yeah. he's like, oh, and then reconciles his life, sort of. It's a very weird story. Yeah. Well, didn't, like, Townsend kind of base it on, like, his own childhood? Like, yeah, because he was, was very deaf. abused, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did he go deaf, dumb, and blind? Well, he said he's, like, <laughs> deaf now because he, um... Well, that's not from... Well, that's from, like, playing in the Who. He's yeah. Like, yeah, no, I'm deaf. I never wore your protection. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the Who. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he also had that thing. Was that in the nineties when he was like, "Oh yeah, you caught me with a bunch of child porn," but I was doing research. Well, and, doing but they sting, and it was it was and he it was, was cleared. Yeah, he no, was cleared apparently he was doing his yeah. thing, which is but it's just such a weird. Such I know. A weird thing. Didn't we last week start talking about Paula Poundstone, who had the same thing like happen to her? Yeah, no, yeah. she was actually wasn't she like actually like physically abusing a child? Well, that but she was cleared. Is what we? Oh, I didn't. Know I, didn't was. I didn't Google. I didn't Google it. Or it's afterwards. not like a thing anymore. But, anyway, yeah. but yeah. apparently, that's our new theme of our episode: is let's bring up people that have had <laughs> abuse charges <laughs> brought against them. And... A brush with me too. <laughs> Great job. Next Google. week, we'll talk about Gary Glitter. And... Oh well, no, that man was guilty, guilty, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell because glitter is not removable. It's always on everybody. <laughs> the herpes of the art world. Yeah. <laughs> I love the ubiquity of that phrase. Oh, Anybody who I talk to says herpes of the art world. It's like, or craft world, I guess, is the yeah. other I think I said herpes of crafts, yeah. yeah. We I'm had a good conversation yeah. last week, too. Well, I'm being very generous by putting it in with art. 
you're both getting a point. Excellent job. Uh, Shannon, you get to pick the next topic. Oh. One through seven. Six. Number six. It's time for Goofus and Gallant. Oh, yay. So for Goofus and Gallant this time, uh, Goofus and Gallant are playing a, a game of Playground Foursquare. That game where you bounce the, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. you get the four squares and you're bouncing the ball around. You mm-hmm. you can only bounce it once, I think. I've played There's a lot rules. of Foursquare. Yeah, in my, in my Foursquare day. is a great game. Mm-hmm. So what is Goofus doing that's shitty in this game of Foursquare, and what is Gallant doing that's better? Oh my goodness, Goofus is. Uh, I did play a lot of this as a kid, but now <laughs> I don't remember anything other than the fact that we were standing in four squares. Goofus is diving for the ball and catching it and yelling shorts so that everybody that ever serves the ball to him has to go out. Because that's what you do. You go, shorts! Oh, okay. And if you catch it before it bounces, that person is out. And Goofus is doing that to everybody and being a dick about it. Goofus is a real dick. (laughs) Fuck Goofus. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas Gallant is mm, declining to play and going to get lemonade for all of his fellow players. Oh, nice of Gallant! <laughs> well, great. And Joe, what do, you, what do you think? What's Goofus doing? Goofus is winging the ball as hard as he can at the heads of the other contestants. Nice. Yep, okay. Uh-huh. And Gallant is nursing them back to health. Great. Because he's running the concussion test. He's making sure they know what year it is, who's the president, yada, yada, yada. Checking for dilation of pupils. Exactly. Dilated peoples. I do remember there was some way of serving the ball. So so you had to make your way to the first square. And I, I never I never played four square. Oh. It was always wall ball for us. Uh, oh, so okay. four square there was a there was a first square, second, third, fourth. And when you started you went into the fourth square mm-hmm. and then people got out and you slowly moved up and the goal was to become the server in the first square. And there was a way to serve that was super dicky that would yeah, get people like, out. Like, like spin, spin it. it. Or people would serve and like serve right at your foot so that it would hit you on the yeah. foot. Yeah. And that would be the first bounce and you'd have to like yeah. But yeah, basically the whole bears. game was we're hitting the ball and it bounces in your square. And you hit it to somebody else's square, and when it bounces in their square, you hit it back. But if you caught it before it bounced and you yelled shorts, they were out, and then you had to move up. Oh. And then when you were knocked out, you went back to the end of the line and hoped that you went back in. In the 15 minutes you had for recess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, I think the spin was the, the really dick move. Oh, yeah. It was that. It was always like, it was always the too hard kid, too, that would just like. Really yeah, just slam it. it. Yeah. 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 Well, great job. You're both getting a point. Cool. Well done. Uh, uh, Joe, you get to pick. One through six. Five. Number five. All right, Joe. It's time for Palm Who Palm to Tear. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to comment, too, about how I was getting all the games, so I was going to be cursed. (laughs) Each week on Palm Who Palm to Tear, I present an object, and you have to tell us whether it's an apple or a potato. Okay. Okay. The object this week is a plug-in timer outlet, and is this a palm or a palm de terre? Did you go to the uh, 80s for this? Where does this? Yeah. I haven't seen one of these in forever. It was it was in the office. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I do a terrible job of remembering to bring something from home. I think that's a sign. It might be. <laughs> it's just our most popular game with our French listeners. <laughs> All those French listeners writing in. Woo. Yeah, we I got... love palm to palm to pair. Hey, it's true. <laughs> got it's least, the three words I understand. One to three. So <laughs> I'm gonna say this is a potato, just because of the time aspect of it. Okay. 
Because apples, ready to eat, ready to prepare, do whatever you want. Potatoes always take time, no matter what you want to do with them. Okay. Ooh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, that works. That works. You can't you can't just bite into a potato willy nilly. You're gonna yeah, you're gonna really just mess your teeth up. Yeah, plus it's gonna taste earthy and terrible. Yeah, a lot of bleeding gums. Shannon. Yeah, that's fine. You think it's a potato? Okay. <laughs> no, I, no, let me let me have a second. Let me have a second. I'll actually participate. Um, uh, I'm going to say that it is an apple. Apple, interesting. Because <laughs> because I want a point, <laughs> and um, it's got a switch. That goes from on to timer. Okay. And I am confused by what those two switches mean. Yeah, what's the difference between on and timer when yeah. the only function on the object is, is, is a dial is for a ti- timing Is things? a timing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am confused about that the way that apples confuse me. And don't question me about that. <laughs> That's a difficult request. I'm like, what? I don't know. How, I no did, it hurt? How did it hurt I you? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, the, the, the only thing I would add is that I, I, I think it's a potato because uh, a potato is capable of powering a clock, and this has a timer on it. So that's that's my only thought. Hmm. But you're both getting a point. Right. <laughs> it's a great job. And Shannon, you get to pick the next one. Oh, and I'm free to pick anything. One through five. Four. Number four. Do you have a vague idea about the 2009 film Gamer? Oh, yeah, vague, vague. Okay. Joe, the 2009 film Gamer? Yes. All right. I like, I like your yes. middle distance stare. Oh, middle, I was going for 1,000 yards. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really, like, 1,000 yards probably is middle distance. I don't know. Yeah. It's a small room, so I, middle distance here is Staring just Staring into the of void the of these two black things on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shannon, let's... Let's start talking about... Oh, okay. I think this was a movie about um, somehow playing a game where you tapped into a real-life person that... And it... So it was kind of... It was kind of virtual reality, but the reality wasn't virtual. Like, it was somebody else's reality, and they were... Uh, I didn't watch it, so I don't remember, but I feel like they were, like, prisoners or something that were on a game field where they had to like fight each other and you could tap into one and take them over and play them against other other prisoners that had been taken over by other players yeah that's that's accurate and i want to say that it had somebody jason stathamy russell crowey in it (laughs) somebody somebody in the crow statham oeuvre great and honestly um yeah we'll we'll say who it was but I think that's probably the best way to describe who this actor is, is a, a crow state of amalgam. Joe. The way I'm remembering it was, yes, but it was like they're prisoners and that outsiders controlled the prisoners through the game. And if the people won, the prisoners would be released. And Ooh. Bill Hader was like the head of the prison company that was, it was like a private prison, and it was like he was the one leasing out these prisoners. Wait, Bill Hader? Is that I the guy from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, Stefan. <laughs> Stefan was the head of the prison? Well, it, uh, he's <laughs> also, in, also in Barry on HBO, which is a really He good is show. a deceptively good actor, I think. 
I just can't picture him in a 2009 movie. Well, it kind of like a, it's like a smarmy kind of southern dude. <laughs> at least, at least this, this is what I'm thinking of. Smarmy southern dude is correct. I, don't, I won't say whether Bill Hader is correct or not yet. He's hatery. Yes. <laughs> God, remind me to tell you my Stefan gaff at the end of this one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you can tell us now. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so X-Bar, like, have you guys been to X-Bar? Yeah, yeah well, sure. So they had that upstairs thing where they kind of redid it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you sign the waiver, you go up, and then you like go through like this like thing of hanging ropes. I'm sorry, you have to sign a waiver to Yeah, because of the bar? ropes and shit. Well, it's, like, it's, just, it's a different bar now. And then there's like exercise balls that are lit from behind, and they're held together with zip ties, and there's like an aquarium that doesn't work, and there's a ball pit. And I get up there, and I'm pretty drunk at this point. I kind of look around, I turn to my friend, Denver's Hottest Club. It's glow. You'll sign a waiver to walk upstairs and get strangled by ropes before you hop into a ball pit that hasn't been disinfected yet. And apparently I did it right next to the fucking designer. Oh, shit. And I just, I, he kind of hurts, like, well, I did this. And I looked at him, I'm like, I stand by what you I said. Know. Yeah. You should know. Yeah, you should know. You did this. Yeah. And <laughs> also, that's kind of a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, made a Stefan club. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you really did. Yeah, you were doing a nice thing. Like, you're, yeah. I mean... Uh, the best way to criticize anything would be in a Stefan style. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Especially in that. It's not style. like Eugene Shalit in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We went way back. On that yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, no. That, that, I would do that voice if I was like great, like critiquing a friend's shitty short film. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't like about this. I don't, you can't do his accent. Never mind. It. It's, it's really hard to like find. Yeah. Because I was going to try to and I was like, I don't think I can. No, I don't think I can get to it. I need to workshop this. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need, I think we need another like six hours just watching YouTube clips of Gene Shalit. Exactly. Figuring it out. You know. And we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Next week on A Vague Idea. <laughs> Bow ties and mustaches, baby. Uh, the mustache. <laughs> Gamer is a 2009 American science fiction action film written and directed by Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor. These are the guys who also did Crank and Crank 2, which are Jason Statham Jason Statham. Movies. Uh, the film stars Gerard Butler, a oh, Statham... He's totally pro-Statham-y. A pro-Statham <laughs> type. Uh, as a participant in an online game in which players can control human beings... And Logan Lerman is the player who controls him because he's in jail. And it's one of those things where I think he's like in jail, not like it's kind of a wrongful. Yeah, I'm wrongfully accused situation. of killing my daughter and I've got to clear my name. Yeah. I Film also it. stars Michael C. Hall, is the game, oh! is the game programmer who's got a Dexter. weird. Dexter. Dexter yeah. slash Barry. Dexter with a weird accent, weird southern accent. Uh, and he's also like super cut in the movie because for some reason, about two thirds of the way in, He's like suddenly shirtless at his house, and there's a dance number because that's what? the kind of movie that Neville Dean and Taylor do. This is, I think, yeah. this is not this isn't a good movie. Like I wouldn't give it a capital G good, but it is like a it's worth seeing once because it's just so fucking crazy that it's kind of fun. Schlafenah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, I, I can't mean, take credit for that. Somebody <laughs> at work today is actually. That today said that, so I'm totally stealing. It. I will say I do love. It. I love movies where you can tell it was probably a shit ton of fun to do. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where you're just like, oh, you guys are enjoying yourselves, even though this this is not turning I, out. I, I, but I, I, I love that you love your this. enthusiasm is making up for all the problems I'm seeing. Yeah. I've heard that is how Adam Sandler keeps making movies. It's yeah. not for any box office, not any other reason other than the fact that everybody wants to do it because it's so much fun, and he always picks. Uh, exotic locations to take people to oh, yeah. and they're like, like yeah let's just go hang out for three months yeah Spade do you want to go to Bali okay great let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it we'll do Grown Up 7 <laughs> I don't give a shit right <laughs> Oh my! So okay, that's Michael C. Hall. That yeah. that looks like Bill Hader. It, no, it does, especially okay. in yeah. Okay. Yeah. especially yeah. in Barry. He's got he's got when a he hatery. Being kind of yeah. swarmy. Yeah, yeah. He's got a hater hater face. Swarmy, swarmy, <laughs> swarmy. <laughs> like a delicious Greek I, sandwich. I, I, I feel like that was I feel like that was vaguely racist. I feel bad. I said that. No, <laughs> it was a it was a pronunciation error. You know, if anything. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other, like, Kira Sedgwick is in this movie. What? Terry Crews is in this movie. How have I never seen this movie? Allison Lohman is in this movie. Allison Lohman? Ludacris Bridges is in this movie. Your name people, we don't know. John Leguizamo is in this movie. John Leguizamo's in every movie. Milo yeah. Ventimiglia is in this movie. Which one's playing a character named Rick Rape. Ooh. Yeah, pretty gross. He's the dad or Mrs. Oh, God, did... And he also... John, did John Puppy just, Killer? Jess on, was that taken? Jess on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His parents John never gave Bobby him a chance. His parents never gave him a chance. Hey, hey, <laughs> With a name like that, what are you no. gonna do? <laughs> Keith David was also in the movie, so it's like pretty much the cast of Predator plus yeah. a bunch of other people who are all funny and interesting. And thankfully, uh, no, no uh, Adrian Brody. Yeah, no Brody. Good. Was that Predators? Wait. That was Predators. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're oh, right. I was wondering that why was we a were wacky film. That was also weird. Topher Grace in that movie. I think he was good. Yeah. I actually kind of oh, liked him. It was him like as the creep. It was yeah. Oh, he's a great creep. Yeah, one of solid creep. Yeah. I just uh, saw a preview for something that looks awesome, and at the very end of it, there was like a super creepy old Topher Grace. <laughs> God! Okay. A super creepy old Topher Grace? Yes, yes, like in makeup, obviously. But oh, okay. Oh. I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I gotta see what what it was. It was uh you can you can cut this later. Was it Grace <laughs> Under Fire? It was. It was it was Topher Grace Under Fire. Or Grace After Fire if it looks, <laughs> looks terrible. Black Mirror. He's in the latest season of Black Mirror. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. I really need to catch up on that. Mm, it's yeah. not out yet. It was just a preview for it. Oh. Yeah, and no, at I the don't. very end of the preview, there's like a 10 seconds of an old man kind of staring at the camera, and mm-hmm. it's Topher Grace. Okay. Okay. Black Mirror freaked me out with the bee episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, the weaponized bees? Yeah. No, yeah. thanks. Uh-huh. Those are already like my biggest fear. Oh, okay. so, like <laughs> Mechanical ones that will fly in your brain. No. <laughs> yep. No. Well, and then the way they did the end, where it just implies that hundreds of thousands of people just died. I'm just like, I thought that was extremely well done. I will never watch that again. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great show, except it does remind you just how like teetering on the precipice of disaster all of our lives are. You know, at least rent got cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's less people to rent. They all died for the bees. <laughs> Is it bad that that was my first thought in Avengers Endgame? <laughs> you were like, like hey. oh, God, San Francisco just became affordable. <laughs> Paul, Paul Rudd's character could feasibly live in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense that he could have, like, a, a three-bedroom house. <laughs> yeah, that he didn't inherit. Like, in the Presidio, maybe? Like, where I, look, is that it was house near supposed there. to be? It, it yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, I think it might have been Presidio. <laughs> Although that van is covered in parking. I mean, well, it was impounded or something. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> hey, great job. Joe, I'm giving you a point. Shannon, I'm giving you a point and a half. And uh, Joe, one through four. Two. Number two. Do you have a vague idea about something called Gamergate? 
I do. All right. Shannon? Gamergate? I'm a female developer. Yes, you are. <laughs> right. So, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I've got the gist. It's just truly just the depths of hell when it comes to gamer culture. It was this a female game reviewer or journalist was like kind of, inv- I, I don't know if she started invest- like kind of doing investigatory pieces on kind of misogyny and other weird ass shit that was going on in the online gaming world. But um, a couple, you know, basement dwelling ass scratchers decided that they chuds chuds there you go I like that (laughs) people who hadn't seen the sunlight in three years and people who would eventually go on to form the incel groups um, didn't like the fact that a woman was writing on game culture and that started all this like well if you're such all all that kind of bullshit of like you know well if you're such a fan the name blah 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 but then it really started getting nasty I forgot the gal's name but uh, they started like there were death threats. There was harassment. They, were, they started doxing her. They started posting all the personal info everywhere. Like and it was just it was horrendous. Yeah, that's a great. That's a very good summary, Shannon. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of full of myself there when I said like I'm a female developer, but that's basically what I know about it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I, I am not a gamer, so I don't know that whole culture, but. The gist of it was, is it exposed how unwelcome women are in the gaming community when they try and present them, when they present themselves as experts. Yeah. It's like, you can come and you can play with us, but as soon as you start to to say you know more or talk about specific aspects of our, of this be culture critical. that might, mm. yeah, that might not be exactly copacetic, uh, <laughs> we're going to destroy you. And um, it, it totally exposed how bad it can can get. The doxing, I think, was a huge thing. Well, I mean, that was kind of the first big example of it. Yeah. Because no one had really seen that before. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how our culture has gone from being like, oh, we can kind of respect each other's opinions and just like whatever, to like, oh, I'm just going to destroy your life. Well, it was just a mask. With whatever effort. information I have. I personally think that that potential, I think, was always mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. I think it's just the fact that the ease of which it could happen now and just uh, the kind of lowering of just general impulse control... Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are angry and they don't need to take a moment because they can just post something and then not worry about it, right? Where, where, it'll be gone in three days and yeah, who where, cares? Where before they would actually need to take a few days to do anything rash and they would calm down, but now they don't. Right. You would well, have to, like, go to a Kinko's and print up your thousand flyers and be like, oh, man, these look really shitty on Goldenrod. Yeah. I don't know if my ideas Well, are I just blew my printing budget. Now I can't <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, it was like, and I, just to piggyback on that, it was just and the introduction of anything critical. Yeah. The, the, that's the big thing for me with this, uh, which is because I watched uh, one of the, so the feminist media critic Anita Sarkeesian is one of the main targets of this, yep. but she put out a bunch of videos that were talking about like, hey, all these video games are predicated on like, basically women aren't people at all, and they're just objects that you go for in the game, mm-hmm. and this is problematic because it paints a picture of how men and women interact that is inaccurate in society, and it belittles women. I mean, it obviously like it makes you into an object, which is fucked up. Um, and I love all of her videos because they're really well done. They're yeah. really insightful, and I like watching stuff and going, "Oh yeah, that that does make a lot of sense." Yeah, because it, it wasn't just like, "Oh, like these women in video games are over sexualized or whatever," but that that is an element of it. Mm-hmm. But it's also just like narratively speaking, we are we are playing to the lowest common denominator on how we drive these stories. Yeah. And we have stories where a guy's choice is to mercy kill a woman who he who he is supposed to love throughout the entire game. What game was that? 
I can't remember. It was something where, like, she turns into some sort of spider creature. Oh. And you have to, like, shoot her in the head. But it's a thing that the game forces you to do. And she's like, this is part of the problem. Because not only is it, like, just in the narrative, it would be one thing. But that it's a forced action on the player. That the player has no choice but to blow this woman's brains out in a very graphic way. Yeah. To advance the story is deeply problematic in the way that we work with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gamergate controversy stemmed from a harassment campaign conducted primarily through the use of the hashtag, hashtag Gamergate. The controversy centered on issues of sexism and progressivism in video game culture. It's used as a blanket term for the controversy as well as for the harassment campaign and actions of those participating in it. So beginning in August of 2014... A harassment campaign targeted several women in the video game industry, notably Zoe Quinn and Brianna Wu, as well as Anita Sarkeesian. Uh, after Aaron Jeanji, Quinn's former boyfriend, wrote a disparaging blog post about her, mm-hmm. Gamergate hashtag users falsely accused Quinn of an unethical relationship oh, with a journalist. I remember that, yeah. Named Nathan Grayson. Harassment campaigns against Quinn and others included doxing, threats of rape, which is so fucking cool, you little assholes. And death threats. Gamergate promote. I like how you say that, like any of those people would be listening to this. They're show. not. They're not. <laughs> that's, just, that's a daring thing to say on this podcast. Man. Be careful. I know, wow. I'm really I don't care who my, knows it. Putting it out there. Yeah. Uh, Gamergate proponent, proponents, Gamergators, have stated that they were a movement. But had no official leaders or manifesto. Bitch, the only movement was on the keyboard. Anonymously or pseudonymously. And of course, the platforms they used online included 4chan. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> statements claiming to represent Gamergate have been inconsistent, making it difficult for commentators to identify goals and motives. But the supporters that? said there was an unethical collusion between the press and feminists, Ugh. progressives, and social critics. Which, of course, is that that's kind of always the line. Right. Well, it's funny. Anybody, if anybody ever complains, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's a shady cabal of people finally coming forward to say something when for thousands of years this has been the case. Oh, my God. It's funny because I know all the stuff you're reading right now, but it still infuriates me to fucking oh. hear. Yeah, no, it's Ugh. it's it's disgusting and maddening. Um, so, yeah. But, but, yeah, it was about online harassment. It was about women being allowed in, in game culture. Uh, as a person who plays a fair amount of video games, I really don't play anything online anymore that no. is cooperative because I don't like listening to the awful shit that people say, as if it's okay. Well, uh, my favorite, it's like, not fun. My favorite thing of that is just like when they all claim that it's a shady cabal and this the powers <laughs> to destroy and all this shit. It's like you know what. If they had that much power, if they had as much power as you were claiming that they have, don't you think they would have wiped you out, like, 100% by now? Like, yeah. murdered you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if they had that much power, your kind would be well, gone. That's, that's like the whole deep state thing, right? Oh, it's like, look, if there was if there was a deep state, do you do you really think they would be letting your message get out? Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, the, you, you would be kidding? Dead, you think, like, dead. oh, no, they're letting the message get out because it's all futile and we're, we're smart. You're not smarter than anybody. Like, well, it's like if it's... anything, the NSA knows everything that's always going on. And if they were going to do something awful, they already would have. Yeah. Do you think they have restraint? Trust, and this thing is, like, me, I consider myself a feminist. I wouldn't have any fucking restraint if I had that kind of power. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> all right, where are the insults out? Let's just go. <laughs> so that that whole thing was... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, the Gamergate thing was disgusting. Yeah. Uh, you're both getting a point. Excellent job. Shannon, Sorry. one, two, or three? Uh, three. Number three. Well, do you have a vague idea about the newlywed game? 
Ooh, yeah. Great. Yes. Joe? Okay. <laughs> Shannon, let's talk about the Newlywed Game. The Newlywed Game is a game show from the 70s where people that had just gotten married went on and proved how well they knew each other. And they would be asked a lot of questions where one person would have to answer verbally and the other person would have written down the answer ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then they would hold up their answer to see if it matched the verbal answer. Uh, The word whoopee was used almost in every (laughs) question. Um, And it's, uh, it's famous for one of the questions being, where's the most unusual place that you've had whoopee? And one of the contestants said, in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Shannon. Joe? The only thing I have to add to that is, like, there have been a couple revivals over the years, and then whenever there's, like, the funniest of TV compilations, it's always, like, 75% of the newlywed game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It absolutely is, because it's it's funny that, like, and I don't understand this, really. I mean, I guess I do. But, like, people are so frank on, <laughs> on this program in particular. Yeah. Like, there is no reality TV show where people are this frank. No. But on this game show, everybody's just like, yeah, this is exactly how I am. Well, right? it's, it's funny, because, like, I consider myself a total open book to the point of TMI with most people. And even then, I'm just like, I don't know if I'd say that on national television. Right. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? And what were, I mean, I, I don't remember, this is an honest question, what were the prizes? It was a couple grand. So so two thousand dollars and seventy. So it was like a million dollars now. <laughs> in today's yeah. dollars. Yeah, in today's well, dollars, easily done. So, it, like, it was like honeymoon money, I think, right? Yeah. So you had, I mean, or like getting started with your life money. You almost had to be blatantly honest because it was the only way to match. Because you didn't know how blatantly honest your partner was yeah. going to be. And it's not like you could prepare ahead of time. Like whenever they ask us about our sex life, this is what we're going to say. Yeah. Like, we're, we're both going to say, in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, honey, just don't say you need to be hit with a riding crop. <laughs> right? That's our time. It's not whipping. Um, <laughs> hosts of this program, which ran, uh, well, it, it debuted in 1966. It ran until 2013, it appears. Continuously? Uh, semi, at least. Wow. So Bob Eubanks hosted it from 66 to 74. Then there was a break. 77 to 80. Then another break. 85 to 88. Break. 97 to 99. And 2009 through 2010. Now, in between, you had Jim Lang in 84, Paul Rodriguez in 88-89, Gary Kroger in 96-97, Carney Wilson. What? Daughter of Brian Wilson. And, uh, and a member of Wilson Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> 2009 to 2010. And Sherry Shepard from 2010 to 2013. Wow. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I was on a game show. What? What game show were you on? <laughs> I was on a game show called Chain Reaction, which was a 70s show that they revived for the Game Show Network. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Where they gave you um, uh, a list of, of blank seven words and they gave you the first one and the last word and they were all connected so like if if it was three like the first one might be coffee and then a blank and then girl and you'd have to figure out shop coffee shop shop girl okay so you have to like before and after style yeah like like all the all the all the words made little two word phrases and at the the final round was I, I, not related at all to that. So we were a team of three people, 
And actually, my two friends that I was on it with are coming to town this weekend for a big reunion. I'm super excited. Alicia Andrea, I'm going to make you listen to this episode now. And the final round was one person had to be blind. We made it to the final round. Which is, that's awesome. That's really cool. um, I had to be blindfolded, and they had to ask me questions, but they could only say one word at a time, and they had to form sentences. But they were like... Oh, that's cool. They they like shared a brain. They were roommates. They were really on the same page. So th- when they would do it, like I think one of the one of the things they had to get me to say was Bart Simpson. Huh. And they they'd be like, "Who was the son on the cartoon?" And you know, and yeah. I would get it. And Don't we have yeah. <laughs> and we were we were the only team that could actually do the final round because <laughs> it was not from the seventies. It was like a new part, and so. When they went into season two, they called us back as like um, a pre-season um, test group, and okay. we did the final round for the just the producers and the oh, writers cool. and stuff. And so they just brought us into a room, and they blindfolded me. And the the question that the girls asked me is, "What animal wakes you up in the morning?" Yeah, and I went cock. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody in the room started laughing. They're like, did you hear animal? And I, and I was like, oh, I just couldn't think of the word for rooster. So like, cock was the first thing that came out of my head. Technically correct. And they, they yeah. said, yeah. And, we, yeah, yeah. and they said that they wished so bad that that had been on the air because it would have been the best moment in game show history since in the butt. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Shannon Page. Owner of the best game show moment in history. Being woken up Since by cocks in, in the, the morning. <laughs> Just no. that. No, I'm not. Uh, stop, stop, stop rotting. That's, thank you. Okay. Uh, Joe, I'm going to give you a point. Shannon, I'm going to give you a point and a half for that anecdote. Yeah. And uh, there are two topics left, I believe, Joe. Yes. Yep. You get to pick one or two. One. Number one. Do you have a vague idea about Ludwig Wittgenstein? Holy crap, no, I don't. Shannon? Ludwig Wittgenstein? I don't either. Okay. Is that the Monopoly man? No. <laughs> oh, damn it, if that's the answer, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> that's going to be my, my go-to answer if I just don't know it. I'm just like, the Monopoly the guy. Monopoly man. <laughs> I, I do not either. No? Okay. So you're both, we, we both can pass. Ludwig Wittgenstein is a uh, was an Austrian philosopher who worked primarily in logic, philosophy of mathematics, and game theory. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. Useful. So there, there you go. <laughs> I actually studied that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wittgenstein in general or uh, game theory? Game theory. Oh. <laughs> no, actually not so much game theory, but logic. A lot of logic. Yeah. Yeah. Logic he, makes sense. <laughs> he, he died in 1951. <laughs> He's that recent. I thought he was older than that. Oh. Not that I thought, not that I knew, but I'm just like that name sounds older. You don't, <laughs> it does. Hear, you don't hear a lot of Ludwig's now. It's, I was gonna guess it was some count in some like obscure VCR video game or something. Uh, <laughs> the kind where you like shoot at the TV, like it's a like, community oh, yeah. where they're like bang, bang, blah, <laughs> blah. Uh, a language game that was was a philosophical concept that he developed referring to simple examples of language use and the actions into which the language is woven. So Wittgenstein argued that a word or even a sentence has meaning only as a result of a rule or a game being played. 
Depending yes, on the context, for example, the utterance waters yeah. could be an order, the answer to a question, or some other kind of communication. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I knew that name from was The Simpsons. When he's lying to the FBI about what he was doing on Friday night with the alien. Oh. We were we were discussing Wittgenstein over Batgammon, Mr. Simpson, it's a felony to lie to the FBI. We're reading mustard packets in the back of Barney's car. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I knew that name. Excellent. That's good. That's good. Excellent. You should get a point just for that. <laughs> Half a yeah. point. Half a point. Okay. Let's have a nuts. Yeah, so Joe, you're going to get five and a half points for that one, and Shannon's going to get five points. And, and Shannon, you get to pick the last topic. I'll pick the last topic. Hey, great. It's another pommel pom de terre. Shut up. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make sure you got one. <laughs> Just one whole game that's all that until you just cry. Uh, do you have a vague idea about ludomania? Ludomania? L-U-D-O-M-A-N-I-A. Ludomania. Uh, there was a character in Labyrinth called Ludo, but I don't think that has anything to do with this, so I'm going to pass. You're going to pass? Okay. I think I do. Um, yeah. It was like a, he was a composer, like late, like late 1700s into the 1800s, and Ludo, <laughs> like the the thing was he would like do these big shows, but this was like the first instance ever of like women throwing like panties and, br- and like underwear up on stage, and the women would just go nuts over it because he was a very flamboyant performer. And holy shit, I just realized I'm thinking of listomania. You are, damn it, and that's great. Damn it, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you're thinking of, you're thinking of list, like, which I, I really game? like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately went to listomania. <laughs> it's also a great song by uh, the French Phoenix. band Phoenix. Were you yeah. at the Red Rock show a couple years no. ago? Oh, it was so I, good. Yeah, Mickey Snow opened. I've only seen I've I saw Phoenix once at the Ogden of all places. When that they would have been really a... small. It was a great show. Was that when they were? That must have been when they were touring north. It was like because it was before this. It was before that album that Listomania is on. Yeah. It was like, but that would have been like oh six oh seven. Yeah. Excuse me. This is like where I'm like revealing my inner music nerd because I love Phoenix and I got into him with North and that had like um, one time too many, which was like which is still oh, my yeah. favorite song from them. So that would have been like 06, 07 when they were touring because oh because nineteen oh one and um, Listomania, uh, Wolfgang Phoenix. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that album came yeah. out in oh nine. Yeah, yeah. And then honestly, Entertainment's still my favorite one from them. Oh, see, I'm still I'm a big fan of whatever like their oldest one is that there's like a brick oh, wall and just like yeah, hands uh, up and I can't youth remember. or something. Yeah, it's something like that. It's like youth and alphabetical. Alphabetical, I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alphabetics was kind of clumsy. It, they had this weird thing where they're trying, like, because they're a band, they're all French, but they're doing all of their music in English. Some of the songs really yeah. fall flat, especially early on when it's like, uh, you, you guys don't quite get what you're saying. And that's cool. Yeah. No Sandra, problem. Sandra Larky does that. Oh. He's Nor- this Norwegian guy. He's If you like Phoenix, you would like Oh, him. yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I've got, I, I think I have one of his albums. I, check out his whole oeuvre, however you say it. Um, he's Uvra. Okay, that's, damn, I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Um, check out the, his stuff. So he's awesome, but he gets these like he's Norwegian, and English is like his second language, like after his teenage years. So you just get these couplets that are just like, what? I appreciate the poetic <laughs> license, but I don't think that's what I don't think that's what you meant to mean. Have I'm you sure heard that sounded to uh, Jens Lekman? No, Do you know Jens Lekman? I've not. He's great. He's I think Swedish. Similar stuff, though. Yeah. He's a very poetic songwriter, 
but he will sometimes just like it will be one sentence where you're like, you okay, I, I like that, but it's really weird, but I like yeah. it because it feels like it's the style. It's, it's well, great. I'm sure it's in super poetic in Swedish. Yeah, but it's not coming across very <laughs> it's well. Not working. No. Um, uh, Ludomania is a uh, is the uh, I guess like the Greek root term for problem gambling. You you huh. you have uh, game mania. Huh? You're crazy. You're yeah. crazy for gaming. <laughs> it's an urge to gamble continuously despite harmful negative consequences or even a desire to stop. Huh? Problem gambling is often defined by whether harm is experienced by the gambler or others rather than by the gambler's behavior, such as uh, your daughter going to a school state pageant in a costume that says Florida, <laughs> made out of. Another substance, another substance I'm a monster. <laughs> Still better than Ralph's. I'm Idaho with just a sheet of notebook oh, paper that says Ralph. Idaho. I'm Ralph, get off the stage, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the D, the DSM five has reclassified the condition as an addictive disorder, with sufferers exhibiting many similarities to those who have substance addictions. So there you go, gambling, ludomania. Huh. The, today I learned. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to... Wrong motion. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, wrong one. <laughs> I'm going to add this up. Uh, talk, talk amongst yourselves for a minute. <sighs> yeah, I was like, I was full, full, full bore into that. I'm like, wait a minute, that's the wrong L. No. <laughs> I was so impressed, though. <laughs> I was, I was Until just, you realized I was absolutely wrong. Well, I was waiting to see how it could possibly tie into the game theme. Yeah. It, well, yeah, I didn't think so. I'm just like, wait a minute, was it... That way, I didn't realize that too. It was kind of it was, you, you know when you get caught up in the thrill of like, oh my god, I think I know it. Wait a minute, that has nothing to do with what was asked. I like that your sweater has thumb holes in it. Oh, I love this thing. It's my my sister's like the best gift giver on the planet, and she got me this for Christmas, and I like live in this thing. <laughs> it's nice to have just a good comfy pullover, right? It really is. I I really just bought into sweatshirts like this. Yeah, where you know. I, I'm tired of wearing collared shirts all the time. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of professional. Yeah, I can yeah. I can put a blazer over this and look like a person who knows what he's doing. Yes, <laughs> you know, and it's great for horrible, weird mid-May weather like this. Yeah, I know. I've worn nothing but jeans and a gray hoodie since I became a developer. <laughs> well, I mean that's the. I mean, I have uniform. multiple jeans and multiple gray hoodies. Well, but... It's, but, that's the, but that's the industry uniform. <laughs> it and, is. and plus, you pull it off. Aww. Let's be honest. <laughs> we have score tabulated here. So, uh, Joe, you have won. Yay! With 15 and a half points. Shannon, you had 15. Shut up! It was so <laughs> that half, that half, that was that half point. <laughs> it was just that half point. So, Joe, you get, you get to do a victory lap. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, did I plug my favorite band last time I was here? I can't remember. I don't know if you did, but by all means, plug them again. The Manic Street Preachers, best band on the planet. All right. Nice, nice. That's all. Very good. <laughs> Shannon, do you have anything to plug? Uh, I like your sweatshirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, got a little, it's got a little Godzilla it's on like it instead, instead of, of the Lacoste. On, it's yeah. Godzilla. <laughs> I thought that was the Lacoste. I thought yeah. that was the Lacoste thing, but that was a crocodile. Yeah, no, that's why I play on that. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it is? It's, yeah, it's oh, a joke. God. It's a joke on it. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought it was like a legit Lacoste thing for a minute. Like, son of a bitch. I don't know. I don't know who makes it, but I'm plugging your sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. this is. This, I purchased this from Threadless. Threadless.com, which is a site where I also uh, make some shirts. You can go to shirtsbynate.threadless.com if you'd like to buy any of the crap <gasps> that I've made. Are you I'm, making the grant the the shirts that we were gonna make for 
uh, SAT words? Yeah, I, I, I've got a bunch of them there. Shut up! Yeah. I'll plug that! Sure, yeah. Plug so it's awesome. That. Shirtsbynate.threadless.com. You can check that out. I added a few things. I, I've added a few, like, French phrases in there as well. Because uh, there's a phrase, etre à l'ouest, which is French for literally to be in the West, but it's a euphemism for daydreaming. So there's a, 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 a uh, basically just text with a, a sky photo that I've, that I've used to kind of play into that. Uh, also, uh, l'appel du vide, which is the call of the void, which is the French term for when you uh, are kind of in a situation like looking over the edge of the Grand Canyon, and you're like, I could fucking kill myself, but <laughs> I'm not going to. Don't. <laughs> which which uh, everybody but the French calls, well, maybe not everybody, but in English parlance anyway, it's the sublime experience that's often described in romantic literature, etc. And then uh, there's also another shirt that says... Uh, Tu n'es pas pour toi, which is <laughs> French for everything is not for you, uh, and it's sort of a Starfield thing, but I think it's a good message too, because I think part of our whatever now with the internet is that we think everything's supposed to be for us, and so we're constantly angry that things aren't for us, and it's like, no, everything isn't for you. <laughs> just just realize that, like, oh, this isn't my thing, and that's okay. I just, I just looked it up, Yeah, and that that one, the Starfield, it reminds me of a shirt I bought for Pride two years ago. Oh, right on. Like it was the um, it was a Starfield, but then the, t- the text was putting the verse in universe. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I'm not wearing that around my family. That's perfect. <laughs> I love this because Nate and I get drunk and come up with these ideas, mm-hmm. and then he actually does them. Oh, so oh, the, yeah. the t-shirt idea was like a drunken trivia night. And yeah. the podcast was a drunken trivia night. Pretty much all of this is born out of alcohol. And <laughs> wonderful. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's it's beer to get the idea, coffee to execute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Sometimes bourbon to execute. Well, yeah. Um, but, I, I yeah. do have a t-shirt idea to pitch to you if you'd yeah. like. Okay. So the don't word... do it on the air. Oh, true. If you want to see the <laughs> if you want to see the new t-shirt idea, explosively go to... designed by. <laughs> We're going to have a whole Joe Henson collection. You're going to have to stop on by shirtsbynate.threadless.com to see them. God-awful puns. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. So I emailed this. It's a place called Anti-Cafe that was in Paris that Jenny and I went into while we were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's basically like instead of buying stuff, you just like show up and pay them for the time you want to stay. So huh. you give them like... I think it was something like 10 euros and you're here for four hours. And then you just get as much coffee and as many bagels and shit as you want while you're here. But they're doing like the inverted cafe idea. Well, clearly they haven't, their business model doesn't account for someone like me. Well, that, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like how many, how many raspberry bars do you have? (laughs) They might put the clamp down at some point. I don't know. We had a couple of cups of coffee because it was like, it was raining while we were there. But they had this really cool... Uh, they had a poster that had a silhouette of Darth Vader's helmet on it. And it said, Je suis ton percolateur. Which, okay. So, I am a percolator? Yeah. But it's a great French pun because Je suis ton père is I am your father. But Je suis ton percolateur is I am your percolator. Which is just like, and I was so proud of myself for getting it. Yeah. So I was like, holy shit, that's hilarious. I get a French pun. Because and, and and also we yeah there's another podcast uh, I can't remember the name of it but David Sedaris was on it's about France it's about living in France he tells a story about how the French really love puns 
And mm-hmm. it's true. Apparently, like, the French really love puns. So there's a part yeah. of me that is inherently French <laughs> for, my, for my love of dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> um, so, hey, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this show, please tell people about it. That's first and foremost. Like, let's just spread the word. Tell people this was funny. Because, honestly, it, it is. Most of the time. I think these are, <laughs> these are pretty interesting. Uh, and uh, so tell people. Also, you can go to any of the podcast providers, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, rate, review us. Uh, th- that gives us a bump, too. That's always very nice. And subscribe. And subscribe. Please subscribe. It would be great. You know, we'll just pop up. You don't have to listen right away. you got so many gigs on your phone. Don't worry about it. Nobody has an <laughs> iPhone 5 anymore. Those people are dead. <laughs> the phone killed them. <laughs> it did. <laughs> He was emitting gamma rays, and nobody turns into the Hulk. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you would like to follow us on social media, it's at a vague idea pod on Twitter, at a vague idea podcast on Instagram. Uh, we will post photos and wacky this and that uh, from time to time. And otherwise, uh, yeah, thank you so much for for being part of the show. This has been a vague idea. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Sorry, I was trying to harmonize. That's good. <laughs> A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, with Shannon Page and John Peros. If you like this podcast and you like anime, you should check out my podcast with Sean Grolkowski called You Better Believe This. That's found at moleholeradio.com. If you like science fiction books, you should check out the press that Sean and I started. It's called Space Boy Books, and you can find us at readspaceboy.com. 